Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody. This is Sandy, and I am the founder and chief love officer at LastFirstDate.com. I want to thank you for joining us today. Last First Date Radio is a show about achieving healthy, off-the-charts love in the second half of life because often the first time you find love, you are young, you are uninformed, and it may not be the best love of your life. So finding love at this stage of life is often so rich and wonderful, and today's guest is going to be speaking about that from her own experience. I'm going to be speaking with author Joan Leoff, and she's going to be giving us some tips for a finely successful marriage, third time's a charm for her. And so I hope that you all get um, some great tips and know that there is hope out there for you too. And as a dating coach, I specialize in helping women date as the high-value women that they are in every other part of their lives because when you know your value, you attract your most aligned, highest-value partner. You definitely attract people at the level of confidence that you have in yourself and the level of evolution of who you are. So the more you know and the more you believe in yourself, the better the match And um, most women who come to me for support are really successful in the workplace. They are incredibly successful mothers and amazing friends, and they struggle when it comes to their romantic lives. And what I've noticed is that there are certain mistakes that people make over and over again unintentionally, that they don't even realize. In fact, uh, today I was coaching a few clients who are very successful out there in the workplace, and they get impatient with dating. Um, So they're contacting somebody online, and they ask them out instead of waiting for the guy to ask her out. It's like, hey, you want to have coffee? Um, And there's nothing wrong with a woman asking a man out at some point in the relationship, but... If you want to attract, if a woman wants to attract a man who takes charge, who is uh, the kind of guy who she's usually attracted to, um, a take-charge kind of guy, not some passive man, then you need to learn to not take charge all the time. Taking charge at work, great. Taking charge in your dating life is not going to yield you the results that you want. So this is just one of the the dating mistakes that women tend to make without realizing it, and they wonder why they keep getting the same results over and over again. So what I've done is compiled a guide that contains the top three dating mistakes that women and men make in midlife, and I teach you how to take action to turn them around so you can find lasting love. This is my gift to you, so if you want a copy, go to lastfirstdate.com and sign up on my homepage. I also want to invite you to my Facebook group, so this is for any woman over 40 who is single and would like some positive support. Join my Facebook group. It is Facebook, 
facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash your last first date. That's your last first date. If you ask to uh, have permission to join, I will approve your entry unless you're a guy, and then, sorry, but no men are allowed. This is a private sacred space for women to come and be able to talk about the ups and downs of dating and get some positive advice and not just rant um, because that does not help anybody. And finally, I want to thank our sponsor, Audible.com. They are the provider of over 180,000 audiobooks, and I just love Audible. Many of the top bestsellers are on Audible, and with all of your busy lifestyles, it's so nice to be able to listen to a book. Even if you're reading it part of the time and listening to it in the car to finish the book, um, it is such a great thing to have. So if you go to audible.com forward slash last first date, you will receive a free month trial and a free book. So go to audible.com forward slash last first date. And now I would like to introduce our guest for today. Joan Leoff's work is to help others empower themselves through both therapeutic and creative writing. She created her own business, which is called Write to Heal, where she facilitates journal workshops for groups and individuals. She has filled 238 journals and published many personal essays. She's also the author of a memoir called Fatal If Swallowed, Reclaiming Creativity and Hope Along the Uncharted Path. Her new book is a collection of personal essays called Matryoshka, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uncovering your many selves through writing. The matryoshkas, those Russian dolls that are stacking dolls. Um, so these are the many selves. And um, it includes questions for reflection or writing at the end of each essay. And it's it's really a wonderful book. So I am thrilled to welcome Joan to the show. Welcome, Joan. So happy to have you. Oh, it's wonderful to be here and to learn about the great work that you're doing. Thank you. I I love the work that you're doing because I was not a journaler because I hated looking at what I was writing. Um, It was dry. It was not personal. (laughs) Um, A lot of it was just kind of, we went here, we did this, because I didn't know how to access my emotional life and the truth was, during my marriage, I didn't have the emotional safety to write whatever I wanted because I didn't really have privacy. And towards the end of my marriage, I took a journal writing class that took us on an emotional roller coaster ride, so to speak. And it was so fantastic because there were journal prompts, and it helped me to access some of my deeper thoughts. And I got a lockbox for the journal to keep under my bed so that my husband would not read it. Um, And that was the beginning, I think, of my writing experience that I learned that I love to write. And um, so I think this is so wonderful that you do this for other people. Well, I'm glad you found two of the most important things. One is that you don't have to be alone with the blank page. There are many, many books of prompts out there. 
And the other is privacy. Yes, it's something that everybody who writes is concerned about, and the lockbox is one of the top things that's recommended. <laughs> so you found two of the keys to success for journal writing. There are many others, <laughs> but I'm glad you found those too. Yeah, well, it took me a long time. It took 23 years of marriage for me to figure that out, but um, but it it's, it is important to be able to feel that you can reveal your thoughts without feeling judged or having somebody who you don't want to read it, reading it. Well, if I just might add for those listening whom even the lockbox doesn't feel safe enough, just to give yourself the gift of owning your feelings, releasing them, you can rip it up or burn it afterwards. It doesn't mean that you can't write it, and that's a very important thing to know. Mm, I like actually... Destroying things can be very healing, and I do mm-hmm. that with art also. Um, I, I used to teach a creative art workshop, and it was really about just letting go. And one of the exercises that I love to do is to have one of my clients paint their feelings and then rip up the painting into small pieces and then mm-hmm. take those pieces and recreate with those pieces, create something new. Beautiful. And, oh, it's Beautiful. So did you make amazing. that exercise up? I did. I, make did. I modified it from something I had read a long time ago. But, um, yeah, I, I used to do a lot of this kind of work with clients. Well, that's wonderful. Um, yeah, I think we need to know how to let go <laughs> and how to mm-hmm. also that, that something wonderful can be made um, when you let something from go. From the ashes. Which, yeah, from the ashes. A great way to segue into being married three times. <laughs> um, so, your book um, it has many chapters in it. And it's not all about being married three times, but you do have a chapter in your new book um, about third times a charm. And the chapter on the Thrice Married Club begins, it wasn't a club that I ever wanted to join. Only 3.5% of married Americans belong. Yet at 55, I was grateful to become a member of the Thrice Married Club. So my first question for you is, how did you remain so hopeful and optimistic for this third marriage? I never stopped working on myself and the lessons I learned with each relationship, not just marriages, but romantic relationships. And I never allowed myself to feel like a victim. I just tried to figure out what I needed to change in myself to make healthier choices. Mm. And although I always wanted a partner, Equally, I wanted my life to be as full as possible with work that I loved and friends, and for me, a spiritual path was very important. So while I wanted a partner, and it was part of my paradigm for wholeness, it was never something that just totally defined who I was. I wouldn't allow it to be. Although I was from the generation where you went to college to get an MRS degree, and that was supposed Mm -hmm. to be it. Yeah. But that never worked for me. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that was such a typical thing. I, I remember when I was going to school also that everybody was just trying to get that MRS degree. And and I love that you built a very whole life that didn't just 
involves having the right partner to to complete who you were because that's that's a, such a healthy attitude. Um, well, and, is, and many oh, sorry. just wanted to say that many multiple marriers, um, it takes them a long time to get to that point. And one of my former guests, who I may have written to you about, um, she was married six times, I think, and. Um, she wrote a book called The Ring Exchange, and it took her until her last partner who said to her, you need a life, um, which really hurt her in the beginning. And he said, you know, I have kids, I have hobbies, I have a full life, and I am your whole life, and that's not good. And at first she was upset, and then she went out and found what she loved and created this full life like you're talking about, and this relationship is the one that's sticking. So they ended up Wonderful. getting married. and Yeah, so that's that's a big key. One of the greatest compliments I ever got in my life was somebody looked at me and said, are you in love? You're just glowing. And I was not only not in love, I didn't even have a partner in my life at the time, but I was high on life, which doesn't mean that 365 days a year I went around that way. Because at the other end of the spectrum, sometimes I felt like I was in an outward bound program, you know, where they dump you in the <laughs> middle of a forest and you have to learn how to survive. I mean, sometimes it really felt I was living in the middle of a big city, but I still felt like I was in an outward bound program, just learning how to survive alone. Mm-hmm. But I learned to accept that range and make make. It worked for me wherever I was, from, you know, the compliment of you look like you're in love to feeling like I was just surviving in the middle of a forest. I just made it all work. Which is such a great attitude. And I think that a lot of people think you have to have one note, which is happy. (laughs) You know, like Mm -hmm. nothing else is acceptable. And, And I've actually connected with men online in an online dating site Many years ago, one of the first guys that I connected with, and he was all about, like, everything's happy. It's all optimism. It's all happy, happy, happy. And it was just like, um, life has a full range, and it's not just happy all the time. But when you're when your life is going well, you do have an inner glow. It is something that's exciting. And um, I have absolutely felt that way when my life was aligned. Um, so I can totally understand that, and I think that's so cool that people thought that was because you were in love. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to read another uh, part of the chapter, and here's where you wrote, I'll be the first to admit that I didn't enter into my first two marriages with the same evolved consciousness that prompted me to stop eating meat or prefer walking to owning a car. What did I truly know about love or self at 23 when I got married in the mid-60s? So let's talk about your first two marriages a little bit and what you learned from them. In the first marriage, uh, we were in marriage counseling, and a marriage counselor said to me, I was having a private session, and he said, it. This has stuck with me for decades, and I I always tell this to other people when they're sharing their challenges in a marriage. And it's not even just a marriage. It can be a friendship. It's a dynamic between two people. And he said, 
it's not fair to grade someone for a test they don't know they're taking. And it's very naive to feel your partner can read your mind and is so tuned into you that he or she, well, in this case he, knows what it is you want. You have to find a constructive way to ask for what you need. And that was so eye-opening to me because many of us are programmed and mostly unconsciously we either don't feel we deserve what we need or we're afraid of confrontation so we don't ask we don't, or we, we don't even know our own needs. Like you said, when you opened it, you, you didn't feel that you were emotionally in touch with yourself because mm-hmm. you just wrote about where you went and what you did. So many people are like that. I know that from the journal workshops I give. People have a dim sense that all is not right, they're carrying their baggage, but they're afraid to open it up to themselves, let alone to somebody else. So that was one of the biggest things I learned. Now, that doesn't mean once I learned it, I graduated with honors because (laughs) it took me a long time to really, not until this third marriage, my issue was that I didn't deserve, and that was because of my particular family dysfunction. So I had to really work through that and and heal my own wound. And that's the other thing that I learned, that everybody brings wounds to a relationship. No matter what bravado they have, there are wounds that we all have. And um so i try to would try to understand the wounds of my partner and have some compassion for them if i expected him to understand and work with my wounds then i should reciprocate in kind and so that was very important to me and i really liked what you said at the beginning that you attracted the level of confidence and evolution you have because it took me until 50 and the third marriage, and that's why I was able to have the third marriage, because I finally learned to understand my wounds and how to manage them. And once I was able to do that at 50, that's when this third husband appeared. Mm-hmm. And that's so important. It's so beautiful the way you just said that. I think that many people don't take full responsibility for their share, Number one, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of blame out there, and you know, first conversations often on a first date, a first phone call, are all about what went wrong in your marriage. What am I blaming my ex-spouse for? I mean, it's just so bad to go down there. And I, um, I tell clients how to prepare for a first date by not by redirecting the conversation. Instead of just cutting him off, just redirect it and say, you know what, I want to get to know who you are right now. I don't really want to dwell on the past. Um, because who the person is right now is not is, is is who you're getting to know, not the person who was married before. It's it's hopefully you've done the work and you aren't exactly the same person back then. We all make choices that sometimes we are not so proud of, um, but we do the best we can at the time in our life that we made those choices. 
But not everybody owns what you just said. They're part in the choices because you hear it. Don't you? Don't we hear it so often said that people keep repeating the same mistakes from one marriage mm-hmm. to the next? Yep. And until you really own, oh, that's why in in writing this essay, I clearly said yes. Each choice I made, the person had some red flags, but the very fact that I chose not to either see or take seriously or work with those red flags beforehand is on me. Not just that somebody Mm -hmm. has the red flags or the baggage, but that we make the blind choice or the, I won't say desperate, but the wrong choice because of our weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Or so I made know, that very clear in the essay. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's, and it's also from our insecurities. A lot of times we don't believe that there is somebody out there. Um, I I just recently spoke to a woman who's been having an affair for a couple of years now with with a married man who she knew from high school, uh, college. Sorry, and. Um, she she ended up getting divorced. He was going to leave his wife, decided that he never wants to have a divorce because of his parents' lousy divorce. And so he's very happy seeing her for a week or two out of the year. And as long as she's with him, she's not getting, you know, his the whole relationship. She's getting a part of him. He's She's an option, basically. And I, I had just met her, and I was just very blunt with her, and I said, you know, you were married to a narcissist for many years from what you described to me, and this guy isn't that different. They were both emotionally unavailable for you, and mm-hmm. you are continuing to accept men who don't value you. And when you choose to value yourself more, you will attract a higher, a better relationship. But she said, but I'm getting older. And, you know, isn't it worth it for those two weeks out of the year? And it, that's sad to me. It, it is. It really is. It is. So you have to believe that love is possible, and you also have to get rid of um, anything like this in your life that stops you from finding what you want because exactly. it, mucks up, it mucks up her life. Um, so let's talk about... Um, and I love I love what you said about meeting Lee, um, your third husband, and how um, so you had finally healed your wounds to the point where where um, you could manage. Your I wounds. understood my way. Wait, 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 I won't say. Okay. I healed my wounds. I'm still healing them. I mm-hmm. mean, we've been together almost twenty years. You don't erase deep, deep seated scars. You can't just. They don't just go away. Triggers happen all the time in my life. But I learn mm-hmm. to o- understand and manage them. That's very different than healed. Mm-hmm. I want to make that okay. clear. Yes. No, Does I'm that glad you clarified you? that. Yes, absolutely. And we're always, I mean, I think if you think that you're finished, you're you're dead, basically. Right. Um, right. You know, we are always on a path. I think, though, that the triggers become less, triggered and just like you said about Lee that he he learned to manage his sensitivity um Absolutely. so whatever qualities that we have if we learn to manage them and we're not we're not projecting onto someone else the um the things that we're sensitive about cuz those triggers 
are from past pain. And, you know, there's one of the things that I like to distinguish is between triggers and intuition because your intuition is brilliant and your triggers are usually your stuff um, that are not necessarily about the person in front of you. Mm -hmm. Um, so, So if you can share some of the keys to making marriage work, um, especially if people are thinking of remarriage. I think it's understanding you're a team and that this, there's something larger than just your dreams and your baggage and his dreams and his baggage. It's this third entity called the marriage, the union. And you want to make choices, and I won't call them even compromises or sacrifices or settling. They are conscious positive choices to honor something bigger than either of you, which is this concept of a union. So that has worked for me. Um, And never believing that divorce was a failure, but rather a lesson and reminding myself of what the lessons are. Keep working on myself to be as emotionally healthy. As I said five minutes ago, the wound hasn't healed. Uh, Maybe it's um, 60%, 70% healed from when I met Lee 20 years. Well, we've been together 20 years. I mean, we've been married close to 20 years. We've been together 25. A lot of healing has taken place, but... It doesn't mean that a trigger doesn't come that rubs the wound. And it doesn't always have to be from him. It can be from other constellations in my life that are going on. And I own it, and I work on managing it, and he helps me manage it. He doesn't take it away, but he's learned to even understand it's not him when it isn't Mm -hmm. him. So that's why you have to be clear with yourself and with your partner about what they are triggering and what really has nothing to do with them, but is just what you carry in your being. Mm. Well, in, in all of that clarity, 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 clarity with who you are, clarity with who he is, clarity with what the union is, clarity in how you communicate, uh, I think, and I'm about to give a talk to my coaching group about money and love, and I think that money issues are generally about clarity. It's about lack of clarity. It's about the emotional stuff we put onto money that is in our heads usually and has nothing to do with the facts. So, you know, just being able to talk things out like mature adults is one of the best parts about being at this age and being able to, you know, work through some of this stuff. Right, but sometimes before you can talk to your partner, either talk to your journal, talk to your confidant, your closest friend, talk to a therapist, talk to Mm -hmm. someone who can help you really own and manage your things. You can't expect your partner to be all of those things. Your partner cannot be your therapist. And hopefully he is your best friend, but sometimes you need to do the processing by yourself to even be clear enough before you dump on the other person. Mm-hmm. 
I agree. And I don't and I mean dump like be, being negative. Uh, dump really wasn't the right word before you share what it is that's really going on with you. You have to be mm-hmm. clear. Yeah. And you can't Absolutely. expect them to see through your maze and your wounds if if you're not even going there. Mm-mm. And it's so confusing to a partner who has to try and figure out what's going on for you when you don't even know. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's important. And I think also just knowing that your partner is not everything to you, that exactly. having your friends and that's that's a fallacy I think a lot of people bring to relationships that he has to be, you know, the the provider, the the best friend, the he has and to like glue. all exactly the same things. The glue, yeah. So to hold you, you together, glue? you're responsible to hold yourself together. Yep, get your own glue that's stick. What, right? <laughs> yeah, get your own glue <laughs> stick is right. Um. <laughs> So this is such good advice, and it's, I just love how healthy it all sounds, and it sounds like your relationship with Lee is wonderful, and I wish you continued um, many, many years of, of happiness together and, and continued growth together as a couple, as a union. Um, Thank you. As a healthy marriage. So... Um, uh, just parting words, if you have any just last bit of wisdom to share with our audience and then tell them how they can find you and buy your book. Well, I think the wisdom is what I said a little while ago, that, and I'm quoting this um, from the essay, and it says, it took a decade to heal this time that was from the second marriage, but I continue to believe I would find the right man to spend my life with. I don't think it was a coincidence that when I finally learned to understand my wounds and the management of them and finally believed I deserved a husband who could do the hard work of having a marriage succeed, Lee appeared. So I believed in myself, and I believed I didn't have a myth that marriage would be happily ever after and that it wouldn't be hard work, and I wanted somebody who could do the hard work. And like you said in the beginning, you find somebody at your level. You attracted the level of confidence and evolution where you are. And so I, it's not a coincidence that I found a man who was ready to do the hard work, and he understood that that's part of what marriage is. Mm. That's wonderful. Um, well, thank you so much. And um, Oh, let me tell, tell you about my book. So yes, you can go to Amazon. <laughs> you can find my book on Amazon.com. Again, the title is Matroshka, Uncovering Your Many Selves, through writing, but you don't have to be a writer to think about the questions at the end of each essay. Um, There are several essays on relationships with romantic relationships, but they also cover a spectrum of life, including how to learn who you are and how to find the things that are meaningful for just you. So I highly recommend it for a good cross-section of essays to think about, for Mm, you to think about. Thank you. I I often give assignments to my clients to write um, journal, and so I'm going to look through your book and recommend it to my clients as well. 
Oh, thank you so much, Sandy. Thank you, Joan. This was wonderful, and and best of luck to you. And uh, thank you all for listening to Last First Date Radio today, and I hope you all go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.